Hello there, I'm Susan Bradley and welcome to the Four Modern Mothers podcast, a podcast dedicated to mothers and mothers-to-be, here to help you navigate your own unique journey through modern motherhood. In each episode, there'll be insights and wisdom. We'll be covering everything from fertility and trying to conceive to pregnancy and birth and onwards through your life as a mother. Expect conversations around subjects and issues that will support, inspire, inform, and empower you. From health and well-being, to body image, self-care, mental health, birth, pregnancy, work-life balance, relationships, the whole lot. With my specially invited guests and experts, as well as sharing my own knowledge with you. Enjoy and don't forget to subscribe too. So welcome, everybody. Um, it's really good to have you here on the Four Mothers and Mothers podcast. And I can't believe it's actually taken me this many episodes to get around to talk about hypnobirthing, but it has. But anyway, we're here now doing it. And um, I thought I would, um, rather than just me chat on about hypnobirthing, which I could do all day, but I thought it'd be nice to talk to somebody else and have a conversation. Another very brilliant and wonderful, um, very experienced hypnobirthing teacher. So I invited on the very lovely Nancy Keane, um, who I met when I did my hypnobirthing training. Um, can't remember, quite a few years ago now. And um, she kindly agreed and is here. And we're going to chat all about hypnobirthing. And um, yeah, I'm very excited. So let me just let Nancy introduce herself. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for being yeah, here. Good morning, Susan. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's so exciting to talk at birth. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so I am Nancy Keane. I am, as you've already said, a hypnobirthing teacher and hypnobirthing trainer. Um, I am a mum of three and I've been teaching hypnobirthing now for 16 and a bit years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been with KGH um, for... 10 years now um and I've taught parents I teach teachers I teach midwives uh so yeah before that I was in primary education so yeah that's a little bit about me oh Brill, thank you Nancy yeah and I think you must have seen so many changes in that time and changes of perception about hypnobirthing as well because it's come a long way hasn't it it certainly has. It really, really has. It's still really, really frustrating that <laughs> <laughs> the word hypnobirthing yeah, is yes. still has so many myths and misconceptions tied up in it. Yes, we have come a long way, but there is this idea that at the moment it's quite a sort of fashionable thing to do. Um, yeah. And, and because a lot of celebrities are doing it, which is brilliant, and, and you see more about it in the media and things, uh, there is this idea that sometimes it's a, a fashionable thing or it's just the latest trend. But actually, yeah. it's been around, well, in essence, it's been around since we've been giving birth. Mm. It's really hypnobirthing. The word conjures up all sorts of ideas. I know, I hate it. I really, <laughs> it, it, when, you, um, when you break it down, it makes sense, but it, to lots I of know. people, yeah, totally. It, the crazy thing is that language is so important. And within mm. the course, we talk about language being so important. And yet we have this word that is mis misinterpreted yeah. as our title. So yeah. really what hypnobirthing is, is a birth method a method for preparing for birth and actually it's a label that we've put on preparing for birth um i often use the analogy that's a bit like organic food you know organic food is food that we had before we started messing around with yes, it yes that's really good i love that actually yes yes exactly it's going back to it is. what it should be like yeah it's sort of stripping away the layers of, of mm. what we've created yeah so yeah go back to what you were saying about it changing yeah when I first found out about hitting the birthing 16 years ago nobody knew what it was when we turned up in labor using hypnobirthing yes the midwives looked at us like we were tree hugging hippies <laughs> which is quite interesting when you consider that my husband is sort of six foot two and almost 20 stone and a big sort of yeah uh not your <laughs> sort of typical um hippie but they looked at us like we had three heads or something so nobody <laughs> really knew what it was back then at all we only yeah. found it by accident so yes there is much more 
um, knowledge, well, no, not even knowledge, people know about it, that it exists. Yeah. But there's still so many myths and misconceptions surrounding it. Yeah, yeah, there is. And I think sometimes people either, well, either dismiss it out of hand. And from when I, because also as well as hypnobirthing, I teach um, various things, but pregnancy yoga. So I meet, in which case I just meet the women at that point who are pregnant and not their other half. And I hear so many stories of people who, who have you know, heard about it in my class and other people in the classes who've done it and say it's brilliant. And then they go back to their partner and they go, oh, excited. Go, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to book the course. And then it never happens because their partner's gone, no, that's, that's not for me. And it's often the resistance of the partner thinks it's going to be something a little bit weird or mystical or, or yeah. like you say, a little bit woo or, or something new age or something that isn't for them. They're not that kind of person. And it's like, yep. but it's not, you know, I'm a very you know I'm kind of come from science background I need to know factually how this works uh-huh. what's going on in your body how does your brain work that you know the neurobiology and all of that absolutely fascinates me and if I didn't understand how and why it works I couldn't be there and teach it because that would be like well it's just some fluffy stuff that you do and a bit of breathing and and um here's some meditations to listen to but it's it's not that it, it's yeah. it's so misconstrued isn't it and that puts off could be you know could be um either either partner but I think often the birth partner is a bit more reticent yeah absolutely yeah I'm very similar so um you know my background was in psychology and uh, biology and for me everything has to um be evidence-based or you know yes. there's got to be a logical reason for things to happen and that is completely what hypnobirthing is it works on the biology biology so we learn about the physiology what's our body actually trying to do during labor and birth yeah. and when you even just understanding that I think we should be teaching that in schools Definitely. because if we knew what our bodies were trying to do during labor and birth there wouldn't be the fear surrounding it and also from a psychology point of view understanding that so much of what we think and the assumptions that we have about birth are not true depictions of what birth should be and that really triggers a lot of fear and anxiety in us which then has an effect on the biology of it yes Um, and it's so frustrating knowing that actually it makes sense it's logical but people often won't even give it a, a um the time of day to learn that and I have to say I probably would have been exactly the same I saw hypnobirthing working before I knew it was called hypnobirthing if I'd see if I'd known that hypnobirthing was a thing I probably wouldn't have touched it with a barge pole I just happened to watch a five minute video of somebody using it and went oh my gosh what is that wow yeah and that's how I came to it I think you're totally right I remember um before I had had um, children that were on my really good friends was pregnant and um, so I knew nothing about babies or birth or, or any of that stuff at all and um, and she was saying that they were doing this hypnobirthing and I was thinking in my head I just went whale music whale music that's what that is rubbish <laughs> yeah. you know completely completely that's just what I, I just that's I didn't really know anything but that's in my head the association that I made oh that is some hippie whale music stuff and you know I'm a vegetarian I have been for most virtually all my life and um you know love the planet and nature so I'm you know I have hippie tendencies if you like but um I completely um dismissed (laughs) it from from just what that word was but like you say it's all language isn't it and the construct that we put around things and what's what's acceptable and what seems a bit odd and what is you know what is what's the normal thing that we do and and how that are you have pregnant and you have a baby and you go to the hospital and this and this and this and I've seen that on tv and there's a woman and she's screaming yep. and she's in agony and it goes on for days and the partner's just haplessly flapping around going I don't know what to do <laughs> and this is what you you know this is what your brain isn't it like pulls up that's what birth is let's just yep. not think about it and just get through it and we'll have a baby at the end and that's yep. that's the best we can hope for and yeah Well, I have to say that when I was growing up, you know, I always wanted children, but I knew I was having cesareans. Did you? I knew I was going to have cesareans because my mum had had um, cesareans with my sister and myself. um, And I'd grown up with her story. Now, my mum is a really practical, down to earth person. So she's not really one for fear mongering. And that wasn't the 
sort of the way that I grew up. But the only birth story I had was the story of my mum, where it had gone on for a long time and nobody was listening. And she knew that something wasn't right and that she needed a cesarean. Um, And because it had gone on quite so long, you know, I ended up in an incubator and my mum was under general anaesthetic and all those things. And because that was the story that I grew up with, I was like, well, you know, my mum's got curvature of the spine. That means I can't, I couldn't be born naturally. Therefore, that's what will happen to me. And I was happy with that. If you'd asked me when I was pregnant, I would have said my ideal birth is general anaesthetic. Give me all the drugs, knock me out give me back my baby when it's all cleaned up and I'm and that was the the idea in my head of what an ideal birth looked like and then I was told sort of seven months into my first pregnancy no actually after an x-ray I have to say I had an x-ray during my pregnancy (laughs) to see what the shape of my spine was (laughs) um I was told no you can have a natural birth but the radiographer happened to say goodness me isn't the baby massive Oh, goodness oh. me, isn't your pelvis tiny? No. What feet have you got? And I said size three. And they went, oh, yeah, well, ooh, we think you'll be able to have a natural birth. <laughs> yeah. No. All of these little nuggets then sat in my subconscious. I think now I probably would have been labelled tocophobic. I was so really? terrified of the prospect of giving birth at that point then. Um, yeah, but unfortunately because we are fed stories or we see images that are not true portrayals of what birth can be mm-hmm. that's what we expect and as we know where the mind leads the body follows so yeah, yeah. I think it's very fortunate that I happened to see that short program because it it's completely gosh, it turned it's me around <laughs> completely but it's your it's completely true isn't it that if you do know the story of your own birth it's an immensely powerful thing one way or the other so like you have you know and I remember reading in one of Caitlin Moran's book um, that she talked about um, having the first child and then a second child and she talks about the foot and her she's one of like six or eight children I know she's got many siblings and she's one of the oldest and she'd seen her mum come back from the hospital with every single one getting worse and worse each time more and more exhausted more and more terror her mum telling her the story and so when she had her first child and she was in her kind of mid to late 20s, she just knew it would be awful. She knew it would be awful because she'd seen her mum, it yeah. being awful. And so it basically did no preparation, buried her head in the sand, and it was awful. And then the second time around, she thought, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to do something. Did some hypnobirthing and some, and some you know, actually looked into it, understood the process and went, oh, this, could, this doesn't have to be awful after all. Yeah. And the second one wasn't awful. And you're like going yes this kind of sums it up doesn't it because she just seen it and expected it will be the same for her absolutely I think the lovely thing because uh, my two oldest children I've got two daughters and a son um, and there's a bigger gap between my do- my daughters and my son so there's about five or six years respectively um, they were at my son's birth it was a home birth, water birth at home. And obviously they, we did lots and lots of um, talking with them about what they wanted to do. They had the option to be in the room if they wanted or not. And we'd watched videos as preparation and all sorts of things. Um, but in the end, they were down the gribbly end watching their brother being born. Wow. They are never going to have the fear that I had of birth oh. because they've seen it is the funny thing was they were five and six when my son was born and if you ask them ask to them afterwards what was the best thing about <sighs> Torren being born uh, they said we got fish and chips afterwards <laughs> it's yeah. such a non-event for them yeah. it's something that happens in the living room you know yeah. and and that's that's got to be a good sort of uh, template for their expectations yeah. when they get older Completely. and that's not to say that that's the only way to have a baby using hypnobirthing obviously but for them they have seen how birth can be straightforward and pretty yeah. uneventful yes yeah and that's the thing is I remember someone telling someone who came um to my hypnobirthing um classes and she was saying that um 
She'd always been told she hadn't got a very close relationship at all with her mother. But when she told her she was pregnant, her mum had just gone, oh, great. Well, that's nice and easy. It was all straightforward with you and blah, blah, blah. Won't be a problem. And just kind of very, you know, yeah. And and so she had this real belief in her body. She said, well, my mum said it was fine. So, you know, and, and just really straightforwardly thought, matter of factly, well, it kind of will be. And it was. Yeah. Um, and she had the first baby at home. And it was more she came on the course for a for a husband for other half and um, he hadn't really engaged with the pregnancy um, mm-hmm. and we did the during the course we did the relaxation and they did it together in couples um, mm-hmm. and the one where the partner puts hand on the bump oh, and yeah. um, afterwards they'd all this was a couple of years ago now they'd all kind of gone they'd all left at the end of the session and she ran back she came back into the room she came back upstairs pretending she'd forgotten something she said I haven't forgotten anything but I just got to tell you how excited I am because that's the first time he's ever put his hand on the bump on the baby the first time he'd ever done it and 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 it was just amazing and then from that point forward it all just changed and he was so much more engaged in the pregnancy you know and, Uh and it changed the whole rest of the pregnancy as well as so it's just that magical thing that it's the hypnobirthing and, and the process of of the learning and the and the guided relaxations and mm-hmm. the massage and all the techniques and things that we teach it's not just for the labor and birth is it it, it can no. make a whole difference through the whole of your pregnancy as well absolutely I think a lot of partners do feel a bit like a fifth wheel you know mm. they, they know that it's possibly their baby but they're not possibly their babies well, well depending on your family dynamic yeah yeah <laughs> um, so if you know if you've got mums and dads absolutely yes. it's their baby and um it helps with that bonding because sometimes they do feel a bit destroyed I remember having conversations with my husband yeah. and we were very much you know we planned and we hoped and we'd you know we planned the pregnancy the first pregnancy but he found it really really difficult to engage with the pregnancy yeah a because I didn't show that I was pregnant for for months and months and months and then sort of popped towards the end so there weren't even many physical changes that he could see he couldn't feel the baby so it felt very abstract for him yeah but having done the hypnobirthing course it really I mean I dragged him to that course (laughs) bless him because at the time 16 years ago there were very, very few people offering courses. Uh, we certainly couldn't afford it, but I dragged him to a course down in Dorset. We had to go away for a weekend because there was oh, nobody near where we were at all. We had to go and stay so in oh, the wow. roadiest pub we've ever stayed in. <laughs> but we went for this course and, and I literally sort of had to drag him in the morning. He was like, can't you do it by yourself? Can't you just tell me what you, you yes. learn and stuff? Yeah. I don't want to go and sit in a room and chant again with the expectations yeah and we did two days and we came out completely different people not just me but him and now he is the biggest walking advert literally and metaphorically uh, <laughs> the biggest walking advert for hypnobirthing anybody sometimes I have to sort of rein him in because he'll just approach anybody that might be pregnant Gosh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> letting them know how amazing hypnobirthing is um but that's of, often the transformation in yeah. the parents, you, partners you say often that they are very hesitant and resistant yeah. and cynical and skeptical and mm. that's great because it means that they're already in a questioning mindset, which is exactly what we need, really. Yeah. Um, but it does, it it strengthens that bond. And because you're doing the practice together, and it's only, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day. So it's not like you're having to take hours and hours out no. of your day. But it gives you a bit of time together, focusing on you as a family unit. And particularly then when you've got other babies on yes. the way it carves out some time from your busy family work life Mm. for you your partner and the baby that is expected this time so it's it is brilliant for that I know it does make yeah it makes a difference and and, uh, this will make you laugh I think I I had a course um well during COVID one of the first ones I did back last Mm -hmm. year so we had to transition online rather than in Uh person 
And so one of the partners of one of the couples um, in the morning, he decided that he really, he really didn't want to do the course. He was really uh -huh. like, um, and so he he said, oh, love, the internet's not working. We, we can't do the course. And she went, <laughs> but it's working on my phone, love. I think, it, I think it's fine. And he actually was trying to get out of it by saying the internet was broken and they couldn't <laughs> log on to Zoom. And um, by the end of the first session, so this was like two two day course, it completely turned around and gone, God, this makes so much sense. Yeah, I get yeah. that now. I understand what's going on with the with the womb and the and the muscles and the heart and that. Oh, it's not what I thought it would be. I literally yeah. it's not what I thought it would be. And she's like, yeah. I told you it wouldn't be. I told you it wouldn't <laughs> be all weird and hippie. But he yeah. actually pretended the internet broke. Oh which I, and I've had I've had couples on Zoom where the the partner has um been out of shot. Oh, so really? they don't want to be on camera oh, gosh. and they're sort of just maybe bimbling around doing other things but it is it's when we do the physiology of birth yeah and they sort of go oh yeah, yeah. this makes sense yeah. all right then and then they're really engaged and that's why whenever i do any taster sessions i always talk about the physiology of birth because you can't argue with it no and i always i always um kind of like and lots of the techniques and I bring in a lot of sports psychology and say yeah. hang on well Tiger Woods does this Jess Ennis Hill yeah. does this Chris Hoy does this blah 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 all blacks do these you know all of yeah. this stuff it's not it's not weird it's completely top level you know yeah. sports physiology and psychology that's what they will use it's like so it's not anything odd at all it's like, and they're like oh okay and then suddenly it's like okay I get this a little bit more now and yeah which is wonderful because it makes a big difference to the partners too as well doesn't it you know it gives them a vital role in pregnancy but obviously in labor and that's hugely important isn't it they've got such I I, I really stack it on them and go oh and there's this job and there's this job and there's this job and there's so many jobs for the partner to yeah. do that's really absolutely. important and it, they're really vital they're not just this fifth wheel at all are they absolutely particularly at the moment with covid and everything yeah. and the restrictions um that have been in place it's so important that they've got that that role that is ready to go when they're in labor and also you know um, I'm sure you've been doing this as well but prepping them so that if they can't be there the whole yeah. time how they can still be supporting you know through technology through telephone and all of those different things but all of the practice that they've done during the pregnancy it's all it sort of comes together in in the labor in the birth where yeah. they don't actually have to do very much but they've got a whole toolkit ready if they do need some stuff so yeah 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 exactly and also they don't feel that they're like you know they feel really confident about it as well I think is yeah. really important isn't it that they so the the person who's doing the laboring and the birthing doesn't have to worry about them that yeah. they go yeah that's fine they've got this they've got all these tools and techniques if I if I suddenly find that I can't remember the breathing or blah 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 they're going to be able to yeah. to remind me and to do this and to put on that music or to play that track or to read that script or remember mm -hmm. to change the lighting in the room or whatever all of that stuff it's like it's okay because they've got this and they know the got birth it. they've yeah. got an idea of the birth preferences and we've done it together that's really important it is it is so important and you that, that's the lovely thing when you hear feedback afterwards you know I hear so many mums say I couldn't have done it without them yeah they were my rock yeah you know and they held it together and they they were able to talk to the midwife for me and I knew that I was in safe hands the whole time and yeah it's really yeah. it's lovely to see that them go on that journey together absolutely and it's such a you know it's such a it's such a powerful experience for both of them as well. So giving them, you know, the knowledge and the information. So how birth is, how it works, what your body's designed to do, and then understanding mm -hmm. what might get in the way and what could interfere yeah. and, and how you can minimize that wherever you're birthing, whether you're at home or in a hospital or a birth center or, you know, because Side often of the people, F25. <laughs> hopefully not, but anyway, even if it was. But even if it does, you're still prepared. Yeah. Because that's the thing, isn't it? It's because some also some people say, oh, well, I'm not having a home birth, so there's no point in birthing it's not yeah. for me. Or what I'm saying, if if it doesn't go the birth that I want, and it's like, this is when it's even more important, kind of almost, isn't it? That yes. 
absolutely absolutely i think that one of the things that comes out a lot when i'm talking to midwives and teaching midwives uh, they sort of they have expectations that they think that hypnobirthing is only for certain types of births mm-hmm. but by the time we've done the course they say actually this is even more important for women who have got you know more complications in their pregnancy or a, yeah. a less than usual pregnancy um, and possibly going to be in an obstetric unit to give birth these skills these tools this information this knowledge is even more important for yeah. those women and those birthing people because they are going to be in an environment where a lot of things typically are out of their control yeah so the tools and the skills and the knowledge and everything is even more important in that circumstance yeah and also that decision making so that yeah. you know when if things don't go quite as you'd imagined or if something crops up in your pregnancy and that changes um yeah. potentially changes things that you can ask the right questions that you've got yeah. tools and techniques to kind of work out between what's right for you and your baby and a family as individuals and yep. what the guidelines and the protocols might be, but having a conversation that is bespoke to you with your yes. care team. And that's so important. That's so important that it's not just, you know, the old, oh, well, I'm 39 years old, I'm 40 years old, so I, I, I'm going to, I've got to have, um, I've been told I need to have an induction at blah, 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 and all of the stuff that you hear and you go, that isn't true. Who has mm-hmm. used those words? Who has told mm-hmm. you that you've got to have? And who's had the conversation about you as an individual and your baby as an individual you know but knowing that you can ask the questions absolutely I think that it's a bit of a societal question you know our system hasn't grown up in a vacuum I think a lot of people do not invest in their pregnancy and prep birth preparation so a lot of people when they find that they're pregnant the preparation that they do do is they paint a wall paint a room buy some equipment and watch one born every minute yes and at the point where they go into labor they turn up at a hospital and sort of say take the baby out of me they relinquish their responsibility and they want to be told what to do when to do it and how to do it Mm. now our medical professionals our midwives do not go into um the role of midwife midwife means with woman yeah to work in that way they train to give options and choices but if you've got let's say for instance the hospital that's closest to me we've got six to seven thousand births a year and that's considered sort of a medium-sized hospital you've got six or six or seven thousand births a year and the vast majority of people are coming in saying i don't want to know my choices options i just want to know what to do who to do how to do it when to do it then your way of working is going to evolve to cater for those masses um and logistically speaking it almost ends up almost as a a conveyor belt yeah and that is the sort of care that we are used to expecting within our nhs in a lot of areas not everywhere but you know in a lot of areas that it's sort of a chicken and egg thing how did it create Mm. get that way in the first place but the easiest way to step off that conveyor belt is by asking questions often asking for time knowing that you've got choices I went to um, a consultant midwife conference uh, before the pandemic and one of the speakers there had done an audit of birthing people in their area and um, found that 90% of the people didn't know that they had choices not that they didn't know what their choices were they didn't know they had choice in pregnancy and labor and birth that is terrifying and that is a huge um uh, sort of guiding uh, factor i think of how our system has become the way it has so when we are doing our hypnobirthing courses people sort of expect us to do breathing and the relaxation but a lot of what our courses are is educating parents to know a that they've got choices and where to find out what those choices are how to ask the questions looking mm-hmm. at benefits and risks and what that means to them individually so bringing it back to what you were saying about you know having an individual individualized conversation midwives train to give personalized care plans but if most people don't want to know 
then you know you've sort of lost that part you know midwives say to me you know I give them all of their choices and options and then they turn around and say well what would you do what do most people do yeah what yeah what do most people do and that's where the hypnobirthing course is really really beneficial because it gives you the knowledge that there are choices where to find those choices how to converse with your care team so that you can get that information where to look if you don't feel like you're getting all of the information yeah so that you can sort of not be constrained by hospital protocols hospital guidelines and things like that they are there to guide best practice but it's not a one-size-fits-all so we need to think outside the box sometimes yeah and also that it's okay to ask those questions and you're asking them in a really positive way it's not you know you're not trying to it's not an argument you're not kind of dismissing those per- that person's training and knowledge exactly. and expertise they're really brilliant people it's just yes. going but how does this affect me and my yeah. baby and my unique requirements because every single baby and woman and how they feel about things is different and that's what the system is to support you in it's not to tell you what to do it's to support you and then you know you might need some extra support that's great we've got that we've got the most amazing NHS with the most amazing people and expertise and it's you know really research shows us that wherever you have a baby you know whether it's home or hospital or birth center it is really safe in this country we're exceptionally lucky to have that but that also you have those choices and how to work in your with your team, your midwife, doctors, whoever it is, in a really positive way, I think is the yeah. thing, isn't it? That it can be I such think, a positive way to work. It's not, you know, you're not asking questions in a confrontational way at all. It's a really positive thing. Absolutely. I think right at the beginning, you said, how has hypnobirthing changed in the time that I've been um experienced hypnobirth experiencing hypnobirthing and I think this is one way that we have changed enormously particularly within KGH so when I first did a hypnobirthing course it wasn't KGH it was a different method um and we were very much we were taught the breathing and we were taught the relaxation and we were taught the physiology but then we were prepared for battle and we were really told your midwives are going to do this your doctors are going to say this the way that you stop that is by this and they would she would turn to my husband and say you know you need to be this person that is right in between and nobody's allowed to talk to Nancy until uh, you know or this that and the other and it was very prescriptive and it created very much of them and us feel yeah. now this is something that we have really tried to come away from um, and move away from it is a partnership you know we've all got the same um, desire for good outcomes um, happy experience for mum birthing person for the baby for the partner and yes the way that we encourage parents to use the questioning now is very much okay so this is our situation what can you see in my pregnancy you know how can we make this the best experience for us how can we use your expertise and your information to have the best birthing experience for us however that might be Um, and I think that that is some a big big change and particularly since we've been working with midwives as well as parents because now we can get you know sort of all of that information to make sure that we're giving parents so much beneficial uh, useful information so that they can form those relationships yeah definitely and I think it's also putting giving understanding that you are very knowledgeable yourself the the, the person who is growing the baby is is really knowledgeable about that baby and about their body as yes. well and that you they are the expert the only yeah you are the only person who can feel what is going on inside your body you know you can sense is something quite right you know it's yes we have monitors and this that and the other but ultimately if you feel you really need to do something or go somewhere or, or have this the, the the deep kind of intuition yeah. is it only grows in pregnancy and having a trust yeah. in that that you haven't hands over everything and somebody will just monitor and check and do taking it back to you know your inner confidence and wisdom is a massive thing because that really sets you up then for you know for parenting because if you're otherwise or you're you're expecting to have to read a book to do everything or or consult somebody else and you you've lose your inner way of 
your inner, you know, your confidence as as a parent. And that's massive. That's really huge then for looking after a baby, a toddler, and then onward as they get bigger. And teenagers. And teenagers. I'm looking looking forward to that. I'm not sure if that's the right <laughs> word. Hmm. Yes, it's fantastic. It's like every stage is benefits and risks yes. there. there's, there's <laughs> pros and cons to every stage there's good days and bad days and that's yeah. the thing with parenting isn't it yeah um yeah definitely part of the course is we, we talk about intuition and instinct a lot because it's something that as humans we really we're not very good no. at listening to that little voice no. And actually, we really should listen yeah, to it yeah. because the vast majority of time it will point us in the right direction. And you mentioned all the monitoring and everything. It all has its place and there are benefits to that sometimes. But I, sometimes I think that we've we have so many gadgets and gizmos and tests to check and tell us that we're fine forgetting that we have 24 hour conversation 24 7 that's yeah. the one conversation mm -hmm. between us as mum and baby that we're growing or us as birthing person and baby that we're growing we've got that 24 hour co communication but yeah. we've sort of learned to rely on other things telling us that we're all right and we forget that little bit yeah. and I think that that communication everything comes down to communication yeah. but um that communication is really really important to listen to and as you say yeah. you know when your parents whatever you decide to do with your baby somebody's going to have an opinion about it oh. where how it's how you feed your baby how yeah. you carry your baby where your baby sleeps everybody is going to have an opinion so by listening to your little own little voice you can work out what is right for you you're going to be happier parents um have happier family life yeah um yeah so. and we all do it differently and that's how yeah. it's supposed to be nobody yeah. parents in the same way have more ch children you do it differently for yeah. each child because each different. child is different completely yeah so i have twins and and, and they've yeah. always been different they were different when i was pregnant they were very yeah. different the way they moved the way one didn't move they're very different now. The same. The one that moved a lot in utero is the bouncy, crazy one. And the one that yeah. never moved ever um, is very calm and, and much more steady. And it's fascinating because environmentally, they've got everything at the everything same time. Same. But oh, they well, are that's talking, so fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating. You know, you didn't do anything wrong, but they're like that because they're like that. As long as yeah. they've got love and attention and, and, and food and shelter and all of those basic needs, they'll just be their own people. And you've got to trust yourself more and that's something that I think as as mothers and as parents we often struggle with that, that we you know oh well someone told me to do this and it can feel a lot of pressure it can feel overwhelming and if you haven't had a good birthing experience and if that that hasn't been how you'd hoped um and that can make it all the more difficult can't it as well so having a positive experience of birth however you birth your baby whether it yeah. is cesarean birth whether it's yeah, in yeah. Birth, it can still be really positive yeah even if it wasn't what you planned if you feel safe and supported and respected and you're part of the decision making and you you know all of that you can still have a really positive cesarean yeah. but if you don't know in that situation you can ask questions or in any situation then it if you feel it just happened to you then it can obviously you know any birth can can yeah. you can come away feeling either confused or disappointed or you know traumatized yeah. somewhere on Absolutely. that scale and that makes it all the more difficult then to mother and to parent your children so it's the preparation is doesn't just end once you've got your baby in your arms the, all the benefits of it does it it continues yeah. because having a birth that feels you know positive and can be empowering will stay with you it will stay with you however it was for the rest of your life quite frankly absolutely. you don't absolutely. forget the the day or days that you that you that you birthed your babies do you no not at all and I think that that's a really important part you know it's not how you give birth it's how you feel about your birth and when I'm doing my teacher training often I will say you know you you can have two birth stories that on paper are identical and one person will feel traumatized by that experience and one person will feel like it was the best birth yeah. ever. And the thing that is different is how they felt about it. And often when people are talking about birth trauma and that they've experienced, a lot of the 
language that's used is that things were done to them yeah. rather than it being their choice and their decision to do whatever it was. And I think that that's, again, something that we look at closely within the KGH programme in particular. We have a whole session looking at the what ifs, yeah. looking at the things that can crop up that could take your birth from a sort of one trajectory into a different trajectory and how to uh, take each change or deviation in your stride, asking the questions, looking at your benefits, looking at your risks, looking at your alternatives, so that whatever birth you have, you know that that was the birth that was right for you. Because as you say, that is going to then sort of shape your your starting out as a family or, yeah. or continuing as a family or you know and all those things so yeah it is such important part it is so important and it can be really important as well if people um you know I do other some other work with people who've maybe had traumatic births before but also people will often come as second or third or even fourth time yeah. parents on the course because the first time it it wasn't yeah. what they hoped it would be or you know they've done a different type of antenatal course which taught them some stuff but it didn't give them practical things to do it didn't yeah. teach them in the in the same way which I think is just what's so brilliant about you know doing a I want to say a proper hypnobirthing course and I don't mean no, that full hypnobirthing a full course. An, antenatal and hypnobirthing course you know a complete course not just I yeah. don't know a 40 pound internet course that you watch some videos mm. on the internet which mm. I kind of you know it's not the same thing as being no, it's not in a conversation with with a small group of other parents with a with a asking your own individual questions and learning in that way that's more conversational is how you embed information and knowledge sitting watching half watching listening to a video in my yeah. opinion I've bought an, I've bought so many courses online that I've never quite finished you know in various <laughs> different things but if I've booked a course whether it's on zoom or in person and gone to it you invest more in it, but also you learn a lot more because yeah. the way we learn, you know, in different ways and, and having books and information and, and backup with it just works so much better than, you know, a, just a small, here's some guided relaxations and, and that's hypnobirthing. That isn't hypnobirthing, or isn't the hypnobirthing we teach, is it anyway? No, I've, I've actually taught um, a few couples and I've, I've, spoken with um, another local hypnobirthing teacher there seems to be sort of an influx of parents at the moment who have gone for the online recorded videos um, and sort of understood that it's it's a taster almost and then yeah. they've booked with us to um, do full courses because there's there's nothing like being able to ask questions as well and having that sort of um knowledge that you've got somebody by your side even if it's just virtually uh, at the moment if for for the duration yeah. of your pregnancy somebody that you can um who can tailor the course for your particular needs because as we've already said you know nobody is the same it's not a no. one size fits all and each of us who teaches the kgh program we will teach it in a slightly different way our core content is the same but we will we will attract the parents who will want us as a guide yeah for um for yeah. their their birthing journey yeah and yeah you can't you can't replicate that i no. think that the online things are a, a useful taster but um so for instance i had a mum quite recently who for her first birth um was very much yeah i've read a book and uh, i listened to an audio once and i totally got it totally understood you know my mind was in a positive place unfortunately she did not have a very positive experience because she didn't have all of the knowledge to go around it but also although her conscious mind thought that she was believing and and um positive she had a lot in her subconscious that was saying the contrary and that was the I, bit yeah. as we know the subconscious has such a powerful influence during labor and birth and all of a sudden all of those things she'd ever seen and heard and thought um, about birth came up and disrupted her labor so yeah. for this one she did a full course and uh, she's just had an amazing birth experience oh. still not a very straightforward birth yeah but to hear her raving about it you know it, it's it's just incredible to know it that is, you can yeah. have um 
what could be deemed as quite a traumatic birth if you saw it written on paper, but still be absolutely raving about how amazing and wonderful it was and how she feels so much better after this baby um, and ready for family life. It's yeah. chalk and cheese. That's amazing, isn't it? And that's the thing. It's like we said, like when you were saying about your you know in your birth story and then how that might have influenced there's what we yeah. consciously know we go oh yeah. we think we know this about birth but then there's also the stuff that we we might think we're being really positive but we've suppressed this stuff in our subconscious and it is there and of course the hypnobirthing can can help change that because if it creeps up and, and rears its ugly head in labor that can really scupper what's going on and the hormone response and everything else. So it's Absolutely. it's exploring all of that in pregnancy that's so important. What you think you might know or feel and what what's deeper down as well. Yeah, and that's that's the crazy thing. A lot of the time we don't even know what is in our subconscious no. mind because it's things that we've seen fleetingly or yeah. heard. Can we pause a sec? Oh. So what I'm really interested in as well, which I think is because we, we you touched on this already about the you, you train midwives as well. So mm -hmm. as well as teaching couples and things, you you train midwives about hypnobirthing. And this is brilliant. This is brilliant because the more they understand the process, of course, the more yeah. they can support the couples who've done it. And this, as you said, is more and more happening now, mm. which I think is really reassuring for couples doing courses as well, that midwives yes. are on board with this. So tell me more about that. So yeah. We've had midwives coming to our courses for years, but for years it really was that they would come to the public teaching courses. Maybe one person would come uh, thinking that they were the only person who wanted to sort of have this woman centered or parent centered way of working. And then over time, we found little pockets would come to the course. Um, and we always dreamed that we'd be able to reach rooms full of midwives. And you know, a number of years ago, I think maybe five or six years ago, that started happening. Um, and so we get invited into hospitals and universities to teach between 20 and 100 midwives at a time, which is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, it, it is really interesting because so many of them come in as a lot of parents do, as we spoke about earlier, very skeptically. And even if they are not eye rollers, they know somebody <laughs> who is an eye roller, maybe in their trust or, you know, and when they see hypnobirthing parents coming in, they're going, oh, not another one of them, or you can have them um, to the sort of <laughs> hippie midwife who might be on shift at that time. But again, I think it feeds into this idea or comes from this idea that hypnobirthing is something that it's not. For a lot of people, they have this idea that if you do hypnobirthing, that you're going to have a particular sort mm. of birth, yeah. that you have a hypnobirthing birth. Um, but that's not the case. As I said right at the beginning, this is not a type of birth. It's not to have a particular type of birth. It is a birth preparation program to prepare for whatever birth you have yeah and when we do the course with the midwives we sort of really reiterate that in the first session quite a number of times in a number of different ways and they're really pleasantly surprised that it's not all about having natural birth or water birth or pain-free birth because that's another one of those myths you know if you yeah. use hypnobirthing you're gonna have a pain-free birth how can you say that to anybody yeah I'd um, love I'd love to be able to, but yeah. obviously I'm very clear that pain I cannot. It is subjective, you know. Really, it's different yeah. for everybody, and and there are so many factors that tap into what you experience. Um, but all of those myths that anybody has maybe come across hypnobirthing, our midwives have them as well. Yeah. Also, I think historically. Uh, hypnobirthing has got a bad rap because, as I said earlier, a lot of parents were sort of armed and told and prepared for battle that you have to go in and do this and you have to you know nobody's allowed to talk to mum and you're not allowed to use these words and if you go into a workspace with those attitudes it's not conducive to building up good relationships and no. supportive relationships and a and a room that's going to be full of oxytocin so um we've worked really hard to ensure that we're not 
preparing our parents in that way. Don't get me wrong, if there are parents who need to be a bit more assertive or if they are being spoken to in a particular way, or if they are facing coercion along their birthing journey, then we give them the tools to be able to deal with that as well. But we don't yeah. say, this is what you're gonna have. No. Um, and because of that more balanced approach, uh, the midwives that we've taught over the years, generally, even if they come in skeptically, are really, really supportive, really happy. They love being able to work with parents who ask their choices and options. Yeah. Um, and even if they're not coming with the aim of teaching, and a lot of uh, midwives do come so that they can set up in trust um, and things like that. But even if they're not planning on teaching KGH, they are using the skills and the tools, particularly the language. It was really funny this morning when I was um, looking at my Facebook very quickly, a memory came up from a course I did in Glasgow um, four years ago. And on that course, I had a particularly um, a midwife who was very medically minded. So she really didn't want to be on the course, particularly. She'd sort of been told she was going on the course and was very vocal and quite resistant while we were doing the course. And that doesn't faze me. I love it because I know that you don't have to believe in hypnobirthing for it to work. If you, if you do the work and listen and pay attention to it, or it's going to have a difference. But by the time we'd finished the course, we finished on the Tuesday, um and on the friday she got in touch with me and said it's amazing i can't believe the difference it's made wow. i've just changed a couple of words here and there and things that i say and this is the feedback that i'd had and she was getting all of this wonderful feedback from the parents that she was caring for just by tweaking language yeah. tiny little changes makes a massive difference so it's it's just been brilliant um being able to bring this to so many midwives and also the student midwives now who are going to be going into our workforce knowing that it's not all about you know skipping through the fields popping babies out <laughs> um that it's 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 very much physiology psychology it works because of the the amalgamation of how that is put together yeah um, and how they can support that as well yeah and it's going back to basics it's kind yeah. of, it's going back to how birth was before it all came medicalized in the hospitals it's looking Absolutely. back we've been giving birth for far yeah. longer than we've had and this they say more medicalized it makes model. our lives easier <laughs> yeah, exactly. it makes your midwife's job easier if yeah. you use the hypnobirthing and support yourself, you're doing them a favour. You're not being awkward or difficult. You're doing the yep. opposite, in fact. Because like exactly. you say, midwife with woman, they're there to support you. That's what they want yep. to do. And if you support yourself, then they can support you to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. That's that's brilliant. The more that midwives, you know, and there are so many more midwives who have done courses and know about hypnobirthing. I think that really, really reassures the parents as well, which yeah. is which is really great. And the thing you mentioned about balance, I think it is the courses are very balanced and often when people give me feedback at the end I'll go oh it you were really balanced you were really balanced the way you put across the choices and the options and yeah. and it's like yeah that's really important I would never it is not my place or anyone's place to say you should have this type of birth or that type oh, yeah. of birth or do Absolutely. this or whatever it's it's your choice and I'm going to present to you the options and the choices and then it's absolutely your call to do what absolutely. you want with that information and research some more and do this and whatever you choose is the right thing for you and that's all that I would ever want that you made the choices and you felt it was the right birth I have you know there isn't one type of hypnobirth that isn't yeah. in water or in hospital or in a home or up a mountain or whatever it's <laughs> the right birth for you and your baby on the day that's that's the hypnobirth yeah. it's that's what it is it's you know it's not we're not pushing down one alley at all and I'm very yeah. clear that yeah. it's not about that and, and that's really positive I, I think isn't it I always describe myself as a guide yeah I, I'm, yeah. I'm here to to show you that there are all of these different paths available to you uh, and we can't possibly go through every eventuality in the course we can't go through every resource in the course but what I can do is signpost so that yes 
you can find out the information that is right for you. I'm here then to support if you want a sounding board or if you need to, you know, ask a question. Yeah, we always try and encourage them to ask their clinical questions, you know, of their caregivers. But we're also here to give them resources if they need something outside of that as well yeah so. yeah and I would say to people ask me any question and if it if even if you think it isn't for me and if it isn't for me I'll say no that's for your midwife or that's for so-and-so um or I'll signpost you somebody like you say but you can't yeah. ask a wrong question can you and I've started doing as well with with my um couples like an hour's one-to-one as well if if they want it afterwards if other things crop up so they've got that extra level of support in the build-up if they need it if something changes or they want to recap as well so they they've they've got that as well so I think that's important Um, and again I think that that comes back to the difference between the face-to-face courses and the online you know recorded ones you don't have that option no and I'm always updated every time I teach a course every single month (laughs) I change it I update it I I got all some more research on this and I add it in every single course is never the same yeah I've got new books books. I'm not supposed to be buying new books but Ames has just brought out the new twin guide to twin pregnancy amazing oh you don't need now but (laughs) I don't need now yes I've I've actually got a mum who's expecting twins so it was perfect Perfect. timing oh that's amazing yeah I'm always oh my god my books from the the, the big retailer that I hate to buy from but it's just so easy and they're always arriving and it's like another birth book yep like you know it's just it just I changed it all the time because there's always more information and always more you know more things isn't there it has to be up to date you know courses need to be up to date and everything else brilliant so I'm going to ask you a couple more things if that's okay we've been on ages but I could literally talk (laughs) all day sorry no I could just talk about it forever (laughs) I know I know me too so top tips for birth maybe there's like three top tips for birth what would you okay so top tips for birth do the KGH course <laughs> really because uh, so many parents do say uh, that when they're inquiring they say well I've got you know this antenatal or I've got this antenatal or I've got the option of you mm. our course covers everything that you're going to get anywhere else so and and more and more yeah. Yeah. um and don't just take our word for it you know there's loads and loads of feedback that will support it avoid negative birth stories you know switch off the telly if there's a birth on there you know because you don't need anything extra in your subconscious mind that's gonna disrupt your labor and birth um and I also think if you even if you don't do a course or anything have a look at the acronym brains yeah brain stands for benefits risks alternatives intuition nothing and smile and some of those sound a bit weird but the key ones benefits and risks when you're asking questions everything really should be weighed up in terms of the benefits and risks so if you're being offered a procedure what are the benefits and risks of that procedure versus the benefits and risks of doing nothing because then you can make a fully informed decision so yeah those are my top tips Nice. Thank you very much, Nancy. And then my final question, what is the one thing, the one thing you'd like all mothers to know? I'm asking this of all the guests. So the one yeah. the one <laughs> little nugget of gold, if you could It's probably it. going to be the same as other people. Um, <laughs> so the one thing that I want mums and birthing people to know is it's your body, your baby, your choice. You are the expert in this birth. Nobody else can tell you what you are experiencing with, you know, we've got lots and lots of, we talked about monitoring and stuff, but it's your body, your baby, your choice. You can have the birth you want. Take the time to educate yourself so that you know what choices are available to you, because then you can have a really positive experience. Amazing. Love it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It's been so good to, to chat with you. Now, what is the best way? I know you've got Instagram, Facebook, website. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes, but what is the best way for people to find out more about you or check you out? Which one do you go for most or all of them? Uh, if we're doing social media, I tend to hang around on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's Nancy Birthright Keen, I think is my handle. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure it's that. I'll, I'm going to put, put that in the notes. I'll put yeah, it as a on. link. Um, I have got a website. It's being updated at the moment. So watch this space for my new website. Um, <laughs> I am on Facebook and Twitter and all of the other ones as well. But Instagram is the one that I hang out most at. Yeah, so. me too. I'll put all the links. We'll get all the links and Thank pop them you. in the show notes. Thank you. Oh, so and much. everything else can be found from my link tree that's in oh, my Instagram. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Good old link tree. Thank you so much, Susan. It's been so lovely. Yeah, it's great to hear your lovely voice and see your. (laughs) I I can see your lovely face. Other people can't. (laughs) We're doing this on a video link, so I can see her lovely face. Oh, take care. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much, Nancy. Thank you for listening. It's great to have you here, and I really do appreciate your support too. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have then please don't forget to subscribe and if you could leave a review or share with other mothers and mothers-to-be that you know well I'd be eternally grateful. You can join me as well on my online platform at www.formodernmothers.com where you'll find show notes and lots more goodness and resources all about thriving and making your own unique path as a mother in the modern world as well as details of all my programs, online courses, my classes and coaching packages too. And do follow me over on Instagram too at 4modernmothers or on Facebook and be part of my social community. I'd love to connect with you there. Take care, amazing woman.